Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Sadie Eck. (laughs) And we are hosting with a guest robot today. (laughs) Well, I am experiencing brain death today. I'm brain dead. Obviously. So I'll just put that right out there. Apologies ahead of time. Not going to be funny, intelligent, witty. Not that I ever am. giving myself a lot of credit right now, but... Uh, we're here to talk to you about murder, and I will just shut my bur- my dead mouth and let my sister take <laughs> it away. So tonight we're going to talk about the disappearance of Branson Perry. Oh boy. Branson Perry was born February 24th, 1981 to Rebecca and Bob Perry. He grew up with his younger brother in Skidmore, Missouri. Skidmore is a tiny town 100 miles north of Kansas City and has a population of less than 400. Whoa. Teeny tiny town. A little bitty town. How many did we grow up with? 1,500 maybe? Probably. Maybe yeah. a little more. Felt very small. Yeah. So Branson was described as a sweet, shy boy who loved the outdoors. He was very close to his dad, and they enjoyed fishing, camping, and hiking together. He loved weightlifting and was a black belt in Hapkaido, which was a Korean style of self-defense. He was known for his blonde hair and bright blue eyes. He had a, quote, baby face, which always made him look younger than he was. He graduated high school in 1999. He began working odd jobs, initially as a roofer and then for a traveling petting zoo. Oh, no. Yeah. I want that job. I was going to say, that's my dream job. So Branson tried to enlist in the army, but failed the physical because he had tachycardia, uh, which is a racing heart. Hmm. In November of 2000, his parents divorced. Uh, Rebecca moved to another town about 20 miles away, while Branson stayed at his family home with his father. In April, 20-year-old Branson was unemployed and living with his father, who was frequently in and out of the hospital for ongoing medical issues. Oh, no. On April 7th, Branson visited the home of his neighbor, whose name was Jason Bierman. While hanging out, uh, he was drugged by Jason what with an unknown substance oh no yeah intoxicated branson allegedly danced around the house nude shaved his pubic hair and was sexually assaulted by jason oh no after the incident branson went home and told his father he was upset and he felt that he'd been taken advantage of i mean clearly yes he had you are correct branson right Bob later said that he knew his son was homosexual and suspected he'd had encounters with men in the past, uh, but he was angry with Jason for, quote, drugging and then using his son. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Bob was so upset he had thoughts about teaching Jason a lesson and possibly even killing him. 
but decided against it. Wow. Most of the reason why he decided to not confront Jason was because he didn't want to draw attention to what happened, knowing that Branson would be mortified if Mm -hmm. word spread around town. Right. Uh, One thing I noticed when I was researching this, this this little blurb came up a lot, and the language behind it just really kind of bummed me out. A lot of the stories didn't want to call it sexual assault. They Mm -hmm. called it like Mm -hmm. sexual encounters. And Mm -hmm. um, but if a man is drugged, yes, and has sex with someone under the influence, you know, like against his will, that is rape. It's rape. Yeah, yeah. It's not even sexual assault. It's just rape. rape. Oi. So four days later, on April 11th, Bob was in the hospital and was due to come home soon. Branson wanted to clean the house to welcome him home, which really is about the sweetest thing. No doubt. He asked his friend Gina to help him clean. At the same time, the alternator in Bob's car was being fixed. Uh, It was broken. And so there was two men there fixing the car. Mm -hmm. At one point while cleaning, Gina saw Branson run into the kitchen, take something out of one of the cabinets, and then run out the back door. When he returned, he wouldn't tell her what he was doing and acted like nothing happened. Hmm. Later, she said she took a shower, and when she came out of the bathroom, she saw one of the men that was working on the car going through the cabinets in the kitchen. Hmm. She asked him what he was looking for, and he told her nothing, and then he went back outside. (laughs) (laughs) Some jiffy jiffy mix. What's that called? Do you know what my oldest calls Chex Mix? What? Jack's Snacks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where he got it. <laughs> I, I don't know where he got it either, but I hope he goes back there and gets more things like that. I know. He's had it once in his life adorable. and he loves it. Yeah, he loves it. And he's always like, Mom, did you get some of that Jack Snacks? <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, he's so cute. So I hope these guys were just looking for their Jack Snacks. Yeah, got any of that Jack Snacks, guys? <laughs> Never mind, I'll get back to my alternator. <laughs> At around 3 p.m., she was upstairs when she heard the front porch door slam. She looked out the window and saw Branson. She yelled at him and asked him where he was going. He said, quote, I'm going to put away the jumper cables, then run out for a bit. I'll be back in a few minutes. He then walked to the nearby storage shed, put the jumper cables inside and walked away. Gina never saw him again. Mm -mm. The men who had been working on the car claim they never saw him again. Hmm. Branson just seemed to have vanished. Gina thought Branson got sidetracked, so she left after she finished cleaning. Mm Mm-hmm. Branson's dad had to stay a few extra days at the hospital and did not come home as planned. No. After two days had passed, Branson's grandmother stopped by to check on him after she hadn't heard from him. When she got to the house, all the doors were left open and the radio was on. She went to check again the next day and still nothing. She began to get concerned and started making phone calls to his friends and family. No one had heard from him. Once Bob got out of the hospital, he went to the police station with Branson's mom to file a missing persons report. Oh, yeah, so how many multiple days at this point? Yeah, so at that point it had been six days since Branson had disappeared. I know. When Bob returned to the house, he noticed that all of Branson's belongings were still there, including his wallet and the van that he sometimes drove. When authorities arrived, they searched the storage shed for the jumper cables, but there was no sign of them. Two weeks later, they mysteriously appeared in the shed just inside the door. What? That's weird. Yeah, it's super weird. Somebody was covering their tracks. Why would... What? Why jumper cables? I don't know. So the Nottoway County Sheriff's Department and volunteers combed the surrounding area within a 15-mile radius of the house. Abandoned buildings, farms, rivers, ponds, and wells were thoroughly searched, but turned up nothing. 
During the next six weeks, police interviewed over 100 people. The men fixing the car the day Branson disappeared said that they didn't see anything that day. Branson's friend Gina admitted to police that he had recently been experimenting with marijuana and amphetamines. Mm -hmm. A family member told authorities that Branson had a bottle of Valium in his possession the day he disappeared. Uh Uh-oh. Detectives questioned, quote, drug acquaintances of Branson's, but all stated that they had not seen him, and they each passed a polygraph test. Hmm. Rumors spread that Branson owed local drug dealers money, but no discernible leads were uncovered from these rumors. Hmm. Bob, hoping his son would come home safe, initially suspected that Branson had left to stay with a close friend in Kansas City because he was traumatized by this sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Bob thought that maybe he'd hitchhiked because he didn't own a car. Wait, didn't you say something about a van? Well, he had one that he drove, but it wasn't technically his. I see. Um, When the leads began to dry up, Bob's family even went so far as to contact a local psychic, which I just hate. I know, but it's like, if you have an adult missing child, like, oh, God. Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, any I don't blame the families. I know. Yeah. But it's like, what do you do when they're an adult? Right. Yeah. I just hate that psychics, and I'm using air quotes, that psychics take advantage of families. Yes. Going through this. Totally agree with you. Uh, She claimed that she saw Branson dead and his body was not in the Skidmore area. She said that she had a vision of every moment of torture and abuse inflicted on him. Ah! (laughs) And I wrote in quotes, what a dick. Psychics are dicks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's exactly right. It's like, even if you have that vision, even if that's a legit vision, keep that shit to yourself. Seriously. You don't, you can just say, I don't, you know, whatever. Just Yeah. They're not, they're no longer with us. It didn't go well. Right. The end. Right. I think psychics should be like, this is where the body is, is, and then go there and then find the body. Like, if yeah. you don't, otherwise, keep your mouth shut. Yes. The family passed this information along to the sheriff's department, who looked into the leads, but found nothing substantial. Mm-hmm. Francis' mother worked tirelessly to raise award money. She spent countless hours posting missing persons flyers around Missouri and the neighboring states, hoping it would lead to her son. Mm-hmm. On April 10th, 2003, two years almost to the day of Branson's disappearance, police arrested 59-year-old Presbyterian minister and Boy Scout leader Jack Wayne Rogers. Oh, I got one of those clenchy teeth emoji faces. Mm -hmm. Fuck. Yep. He was arrested on child pornography and obscenity charges, as well as first-degree assault and practicing medicine without a license. Oh, boy. Yep. Rogers, along with an unnamed assistant, performed a makeshift gender reassignment surgery at a hotel in Columbia, Missouri. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. No way, mm-hmm. man. The victim, Madison Abercrombie, stated, quote, I didn't know his motivation when I went into it. I was under a lot of emotional stress and it seemed like there was no alternative. So did this person want a gender reassignment surgery? Yes. Yes, but didn't. Oh, God. Yep. Oh, my God. So Uh, many thoughts. Yeah, I'll I'll go into it more. (laughs) Rogers told Abercrombie that he would remove her genitals in a four-hour operation, but complications ensued, and he was unable to stop the bleeding, leading Mm. Abercrombie to call 911. Mm. The assistant later testified in court that he had participated in three other similar operations. No. He said that Rogers had a standard agreement with all of his victims. The body parts removed became Roger's personal property to use as he pleased. Shut it. Shut it all up. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. Sometimes that meant that Rogers would eat them. Ooh. 
The assistant also told authorities that Rogers told him that one victim he operated on died during the procedure. Well, uh, yes, of course they did. Right. Jesus. Yeah. And we could talk and talk about how problematic this all is and how fucked up it is that transgendered people feel can't go to a hospital and get surgery that they need safely yes that would be my first thought and then they have to be victimized by a sexual sadist Mm -hmm. and sociopath Mm -hmm. during the investigation into rogers detectives discovered over 1000 images of child pornography on his computer as well as evidence of multiple posts made on message boards under the usernames quote bugger butt oh hail satan and extreme body mods I mean, this guy is just a real piece of work. Mm -hmm. In these chat rooms, he described the graphic torture and assault of multiple men. Mm. Rogers also discussed cannibalizing the genitals that he'd castrated. Mm -hmm. Among these posts was a first-hand account of Rogers picking up a male hitchhiker with blonde hair from Skidmore. No way. He then describes raping, torturing, mutilating, and murdering him. Oh my god. He claimed that the man's body was buried in a remote area of the Ozarks. Fuck. Um, I didn't include any of these back and forth, like chat room conversations, but both Rogers and whoever he was talking to referred to the men as it. Oh my God. Yeah. Dark shit. Dark shit. I mean, we've all heard, I'm sure by now, like the cannibal cop who got... You know, like the whole thought crimes mm-hmm. thing about the guy who was on chat rooms and his wife mm-hmm. found them and he mm-hmm. talked about eating people. And that yeah, is, a, is very similar. Yeah, it's a yeah. very complicated thing, right? Because mm-hmm. you want people to have safe outlets for their very dark fantasies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know enough to know if that it just stops there. You know what I mean? Right. I assume that there's probably hundreds or thousands of people on those chat rooms. And not necessarily hundreds and thousands of people acting out their fantasies in real life. Right. Well, I think the problem is that it normalizes it for them. That's and what so I would. That, yeah. Yeah, it would make it more likely that they would act it out in real life. Or would it? Would it exercise it or would it normalize it? Yeah, that's my, that's my conundrum because I don't know. Yeah. I'm sure somebody knows. Anybody listening tell who has that information, it. tell us about it. Yeah. <laughs> Because that's one of those things that I don't, I have not yet formed an opinion on that. Yeah. You know, it's normally I'm very much in favor of like exercising your kinks and your fetishes and your weird shit. In a safe way. In a safe way. Consensual Mm -hmm. way. Absolutely. I think if more people did that, we'd live in a better world where Presbyterian ministers aren't child pornographers and murderers and cannibals. Right. 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 So when asked about Branson, Rogers denied ever meeting him and said that the post he made was pure fantasy. Yeah, right. Authorities didn't believe him. And while performing a search on Rogers' property, they found a turtle claw necklace resembling one owned by Branson. Mm -hmm. They brought dogs onto the property that would alert to human remains and spent days digging around Rogers' property. Other than the necklace, they found no other evidence that could link him to Branson. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, the Ozarks seem like a perfect place to hide a body, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, take them to Florida or take them to the Ozarks and you're good to go. Right. Detectives believe that because there's proof that Rogers has gone so far as acting out one of his sexual fantasies in real life, which is the castration and Mm -hmm. cannibalism, Mm -hmm. it is more likely that he would act out other fantasies of torture and murder. Yeah, absolutely. 
In April 2004, Rogers was convicted of the charges brought against him and was sentenced to 17 years for assault, seven years for performing an illegal surgery, as well as 30 years for child pornography charges. Good. He will spend the rest of his life in prison. Good. At his sentencing, Branson's mother begged Rogers to reveal Branson's whereabouts, but he denied being involved in his disappearance. Ugh, God. No. After the sentencing, Rebecca stated she no longer felt that Rogers was responsible for her son's disappearance. Why? She said, quote, the police are not completely ruling him out, but now the investigation has turned towards Skidmore again. They have received new leads there. I suppose time has a way of unraveling secrets. I believe someone in the area knows what happened to Branson. In my heart, I don't believe the suspect is responsible. Despite the nightmare I lived through, which she means she went to all of his trial, like the whole trial, Mm -hmm. the sentencing. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful that someone with that much evil will never walk the streets again. Jesus. Up to now, Rogers has never been charged for any crimes connected to Branson's disappearance. So sadly, Branson's father, Bob, died in 2004. In June of 2009, law enforcement announced that they were digging at a site in Quitman, Missouri, after receiving a credible tip that Branson's remains may have been buried there. Mm-hmm. Over a period of two days, excavators dug a 23-foot deep hole that covered an area of around 20 feet by 40 feet. Wow. That's That's huge. enormous. <laughs> yeah. God, but I'd the, be like, now that we've got this, can we do something with it? Yeah. You know? It's yeah. Huge. 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 At the time, another local farmer who resided one and a half miles east of Quitman said that law enforcement had searched his property several years prior, looking for an abandoned well, but the search yielded no results. Mm-hmm. In February 2011, Branson's mother Rebecca died after a year-long battle with melanoma. Oof. Uh, Joanne Stinnett, which is Branson's grandmother, said at the time of Becky's death, quote, around town, we searched every oil well, every outside toilet. We searched everywhere that was possible for us to think that something could be there. Monica Kaysen, the founder of CUE, Center for Missing Persons, and a friend of Becky's, stated that she and other close friends had, quote, promised her that they would continue to look for her son. Mm. In her obituary, it's noted that Rebecca was, quote, preceded in death by Branson. Mm. And she was buried beside an empty plot reserved for her son that lists his date of death as April 11th, 2001, which is the same day he disappeared. (laughs) In April 2019, Nottoway County Sheriff Randy Strong stated that they considered this to be a homicide case, and he has a good idea of who is responsible for the crimes against Branson. Yeah. It is difficult when there is no body, but Strong is sure that they are closer than ever to finding out what really happened to Branson. When he feels they have enough evidence to prove their case, it will be taken to the prosecutor's office. Shit! We're not there yet? I know. If you have any information on the disappearance of Branson Perry, please call the Nottoway County Sheriff's Department at 660-582-7451. And you might think the story's done. Yeah. But it's not. <laughs> Tell unfortunately, me. Unfortunately, I know, unfortunately, we don't, we don't know where Branson is or who was responsible for his disappearance. Right. But when you start to look into Skidmore, Missouri... What you find is that it's a fucked up place to go. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So although Skidmore is a tiny rural town, it's no stranger to very violent crimes. What? Yep. Some locals say that the town is cursed. Eerily, Branson Perry isn't the only member of his family to have fallen victim to the town's disturbing history. No. So Branson's cousin, Wendy Gillenwater, 
was born on January 19th, 1975. When she was 19, she moved in with her boyfriend, Gregory Dragu. Greg was a violent and controlling man who frequently isolated Wendy from her family and friends. He had been described as a heavy drug user who became even more angry and abusive when he was under the influence. Do you think he was aggressive because he has such an adorable last name and he got a complex <laughs> from having such a cute, sweet right. Dragu? I know. I know. He doesn't deserve it. Nope. Despite family and friends knowing about the abuse she suffered for more than five years and neighbors frequently witnessing Greg hitting oh, and punching gosh. Wendy, no one stepped in to help her. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. On October 16th, 2000, Wendy and Greg got into another fight. For unknown reasons, Greg became irate with Wendy and lost all control. He ruthlessly beat her. Mm. As he punched, kicked, and stomped Wendy, she never fought back. Oh, God. Greg kicked Wendy so hard that he bruised the tops of his own feet. Fuck. Wendy suffered six rib fractures on the right side and eight on her left. One of her lungs collapsed. Her liver was lacerated and she suffered extensive internal trauma and bleeding. Oh my God. After beating her inside the home, he dragged Wendy's body outside and threw her on the lawn. He went back inside and grabbed Dawn dish soap. As she fought for her life, he poured the dish soap down her throat. <laughs> Despite doctor's best efforts, Wendy died in the hospital. Her body had been so savagely beaten that her mother had to identify her by the rings she wore. Oh my god. Gregory Dragu was ultimately sentenced to life in prison for second degree murder. We'll see how well you do in prison with a name like Dragu Dragu. Mm-hmm. Fuck that guy. If that wasn't enough, another cousin of Branson's, Bobby Joe Stinnett, no. was, mm-hmm, was found murdered in her home in Skidmore, Missouri. Bobby Joe was 23 years old and eight months pregnant at the time of her murder. Oh my God. She and her husband ran a dog breeding business from their home. Bobby Joe had been chatting with a woman named Lisa Montgomery on an online rat terrier chat room. I called, don't like where this is going. No, you shouldn't. Uh, the chat room was called, quote, Ratter Chatter. <laughs> oh, my God. These people are cursed by adorableness and heinous murder. Yeah. Lisa told Bobby Joe that she, too, was pregnant, leading to the two women chatting online, exchanging emails about their no, pregnancies. No, no, no. I know where this is going. I don't like where this is going one bit. On December 16th, 2004, Bobby Joe was discovered by her mother, Becky, in a pool of blood about an hour after an assault. Mm. Becky immediately called 911. She described the wounds inflicted upon her daughter as if her, quote, stomach had exploded. No, no. Attempts by paramedics to revive Bobby Joe were unsuccessful, and she was pronounced dead at St. Francis Hospital in Maryville. People stealing babies out of stomachs is one of my worst things. Oh, God. It's... it's yeah. <sighs> yep. I don't know. I, uh, maybe that is the worst death. I don't know. I Top five, for sure. It's, uh, yeah. You know? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Anything with children, and then that. Uh, yeah. Fucking awful. The next day, Lisa Montgomery was arrested at her farmhouse in Kansas. Authorities found the day-old baby alive and healthy. Lisa had claimed the baby as her own, but luckily she was returned to her father. Detectives were able to find the infant quickly by using the computer conversations between the two women. Both bred rat terriers and may have attended dog shows together. Mm -mm. 
Authorities believe that Lisa, posing as a customer, arranged to visit Bobby Joe's house on the day of her murder. Lisa entered the house, strangled Bobby Joe, and cut the infant from her womb. I just, I just don't. I mean, I've said this before. People who pretend to be pregnant, are they're the worst kind of fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many awful things we can do to each other. Yes. But to, like, literally steal a baby from its mother's womb is, like, a level of hell. Yes, actual hell. No. Yeah, I can't imagine anything more horrifying and violating than that. Yeah, yeah. And then you imagine being the baby? Right. You're going to find out eventually, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. No, like what a horrifyingly awful way to begin your life. Yes, yes. It was speculated that Lisa's motivation stemmed from a miscarriage that she may have suffered and subsequently concealed from her family. Mm Mm-hmm. Lisa's former husband has since told authorities that she underwent a tubal ligation in 1990 after giving birth to her fourth child. No! Mm -hmm. And that she had a history of lying to family and friends, telling them that she was pregnant when she wasn't. Oh, my God. So, yeah, she has four of her own children. She uses to have a a tubal ligation and then is so fucked up that she steals a baby from its mother's womb. It gets just, oh my god. Yeah, just get a girl some therapy. Right. On October 22nd, 2007, jurors found Lisa Montgomery guilty of first-degree murder and kidnapping. She was sentenced to death. Holy shit! Yup. Whoa! Yeah, she's one of three women. It's in federal court for some reason. Maybe because she brought the baby across Across state lines. Across state lines, yep. Uh, But she's one of only three women to be on death row for in federal prison holy shit she's still on death row mm-hmm. yep. wow so when i was looking into branson's story and i started to like look into all of these other like you know art, other articles i'm obviously not the first person that's put this together that, they, yeah. that this poor family has been through so much hell right uh, but bobby joe's case was one that i had thought about covering but had been covered too much uh-huh and then this next case that I'm going to talk about is another one that I find really fascinating, but a lot of podcasts have covered. Uh-huh. So for Bobby Joe, and then I'm getting ready to tell you about Ken Rex McElroy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you search for it, you'll find other podcasts that cover these in really good detail. Mm-hmm. And they're worth it. This McElroy in particular is just crazy. So just go go find it it. out yeah if you haven't already heard about it yeah i don't know that name sounds familiar but i don't i can't wait to find out if i know who you're talking about yep when asked residents will say that the violence all began with the murder that put the small town on the map ken rex mcelroy was known as the quote town bully Mm -hmm. his unsolved killing became the focus of international attention he's got a name that sounds like a bully Mm mm-hmm like a Stephen King bully. Right? Yeah, we'll post his picture. He looks like a bully. Mm-hmm. Over the course of his life, McElroy was accused of dozens of felonies, including assault, child molestation, statutory rape, arson, hog and cattle rustling, uh-huh. and burglary. Uh-huh. I don't know what... <laughs> should have looked it up. Hog and cattle rustling was, but... Teenagers... Like of the Midwest. Do you still cow tip? Is that still a thing? I think they probably do. Or maybe I mean, they not. have other forms of entertainment now that didn't That's exist true. when we were kids. So, Yeah, I'm pretty sure he wasn't charged for cow tipping, but hog, hog. and cattle rustling. Right. 
Who knows? Mm-hmm. McElroy fathered more than 10 children with different women. Oh, he met boy. His, yeah. He met his last wife, Trina McLeod, when she was 12 years old. Oh, no. And in the eighth grade. Wait. It's said that he raped her repeatedly. Oh, no. She became pregnant when she was 14, dropped <sighs> out of high school in the ninth grade, and went to live with McElroy and his third wife, Alice. Mm. McElroy divorced Alice and married Trina in order to escape charges of statutory rape. Jesus. 16 days after Trina gave birth, both she and Alice fled to Trina's mother's and stepfather's house. Mm. According to court records, McElroy tracked them down and brought them back. He then returned to Trina's parents' home when they were away, shot the family dog, and burned the house down. Jesus. Yeah, this guy was a monster. Oh like, my god. Yeah, like I said, you can read lots of articles and listen to podcasts about him. Uh-huh. He, this is just like the very tip of the iceberg that I'm right. going to touch on real fast. What year was this again? Uh, this was in the 70s. Right. Yeah. So like deep, deep Ozarks in the 70s mm-hmm. where things yeah. were a little lawless and right. very boring, I'm imagining. Right. Yep. In all, he was indicted 21 times, but escaped conviction each time, except for the last. Ugh. In 1981, McElroy was convicted of shooting and seriously injuring the town's 70-year-old grocer. Uh, his name was Ernest Bo Bowenkamp. Mm-hmm. The previous year, McElroy successfully appealed the conviction and was released on bond, after which he engaged in an ongoing harassment campaign against Bowenkamp and, oh yeah, and others who were sympathetic to his shooting victim. Jesus. So he just was terror... Like, uh, what's the Patrick Swayze movie Roadhouse? He was just like Roadhouse <laughs> yeah. guy, yeah, right? Yeah, I think bully terrorizing the town. Yeah, bully isn't a, a good enough term for what he yeah. did. It, yeah, yeah, t- t- town terrorist. Right. Yeah. No one was spared. Not even Skidmore's Church of Christ minister. Whoa. McElroy appeared in a local bar armed with an M1 Garand rifle and later threatened to kill Bowen Camp. Whoa. On the morning of July 10th, 1981, Skidmore residents met with their county sheriff at the Legion Hall in the center of town to discuss how to protect themselves from McElroy. During the meeting, McElroy arrived at the local tavern with Trina. As he sat drinking at the bar, word got back to the men at the Legion Hall that he was in town. Mm-hmm. The sheriff instructed the group to not get into any direct confrontation with McElroy and suggested they form a neighborhood watch program instead. <laughs> God. The sheriff then left the meeting and drove out of town. <laughs> he's like, it's, I can't, no, do you guys deal with this? Right. Shit? I mean, basically he's like, no, no, please don't get any ideas. Like a mob head into the tavern. Uh, it's totally roadhouse. I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. It it's might be what be. roadhouse is. It's got to be. Yeah. It's got to be. The citizens decided to go to the tavern and mass. The bar soon filled completely. After McElroy finished his drinks, he purchased a six-pack of beer, left the bar, and entered his pickup truck. Mm. As soon as he entered his vehicle, the townsfolk surrounded him and shots were fired. Mm-hmm. He was shot at several times and hit twice, once by a center-file rifle and once by a twenty-two rimfire rifle. Mm-hmm. No one called for an ambulance or offered the dying man any medical aid. Wow. In all, there were 46 potential witnesses to the shooting, including Trina McElroy. Uh, She was in the truck with her husband when he was shot. Whoa. Only Trina claimed to identify a gunman. 
Every other witness either was unable to name an assailant or claimed not to have witnessed who fired the fatal shots. Mm-hmm. The DA declined to press charges, and an extensive federal investigation did not lead to any credible leads. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Those townspeople kept their mouths shut. That's one way to take care of a problem, 46 I guess. 46 witnesses, and yeah. not a single one of them came forward. Uh, and I'm not, I don't know. Like, No, I know. I'm not down with vigilante justice necessarily, right. but I also kind of like fantasize about right. vigilante yeah, like justice. If, yes. I, it's one of those where I don't think it's right, but I also don't blame them necessarily. Right. I just don't, I think that we probably shouldn't be going around shooting each other. No, I, I know, but it, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, these all are very complicated mm-hmm. subjects that you're bringing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so as the years passed after McElroy's murder, Skidmore residents think that his murder taught the new generation uh, of kids that were being brought up to stay quiet when crimes were committed. Uh Someone knows what happened to Branson, and it's very likely the person involved is a resident of Skidmore. Right. Will they come forward to offer the family peace? Only time will tell. Fuck. Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. I, I, man, growing up in a small town, it's like I get all of those. Well, no baby cutting out of bellies. No, 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 no. But, you know, that's just, especially a couple decades ago. It's just kind of boring and lawless and and angry and poor, you know. Lots of drugs. Lots of drugs, lots yeah. of abuse, mm-hmm. especially against women, mm-hmm. definitely against homosexuals. Jesus, yeah. man. So there's Whoa. some stuff to chew on. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yep. crazy. Yeah, when I had Megan look over the story for me, she <laughs> emailed me back and was like, next girl's trip to Skidmore? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was going to say, too, it's like towns that just have those clouds hanging over them, which shit really spooks me out and also intrigues the hell out of me, too, you know? Yeah, big time. Like, we, yeah, family curses, town curses. Mm-hmm. The most recent episode of Dark Topic, which I very, very, very much um, encourage you to tread lightly going into it. It is very hard to listen to. It's mm-hmm. very graphic, but... Mm-hmm. If it weren't for the crazy psychotic graphic detail, I would say it's probably one of the best episodes of a true crime podcast I've ever listened to because it's kind of along those lines. Just yeah, this, it's like, so spooky. Creepy curse and the fucked up shit that happens as a result. Yeah. yeah. Courtney's not lying. If you are faint of heart, it's very graphic. Like yeah. I had, I kept like having to pause it and decide if I wanted to continue. So just yes. if you're yes. not in, we're not promoting that no. level of graphic. No, Detail. no. I, and we can handle a lot. Sadie and I are horror people, but we're not gore people. No. It's very no. gory. Anyway, geez Louise, man. Uh, there's a little mini series called No One Saw a Thing. Uh, that's, I think it's on Sundance channel. I was able to get like a free week subscription or whatever to watch it, but it covers the this whole, all of it. It covers uh, McElroy and Branson and his cousins mm-hmm. and... I didn't watch every episode, but it, it seemed like it was giving a lot of detail and right worth a watch if you want to know more. Yeah, I want to learn all. No, I don't really want to learn all about these people, but I kind of do. Mm-hmm. Good job. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Another one in the books. <laughs> <laughs> I had a book in, in my hand. I'd smack it shut. Slam it. <laughs> Another one in the 
fucked up books. Yep. Holy boy. Yeah. Well, good job and goodbye. Yeah, that's all. That's <laughs> Courtney's brain dead. <laughs> no, I do have a couple businesses. We love the businesses. I have a very important business. I was um, listening. I was watching MTV last night, watching Ridiculousness, of course. And my favorite um, COVID commercial came on. <laughs> and I have a correction to uh, announce. What's the word? I have to uh, issue a correction. Right. So I said that they said, stay at home, dance to a jam. But it's actually call a friend, dance to a jam. <laughs> so... Well, good. There I'm you so go. glad we cleared that out. <laughs> <laughs> I hope somebody else has heard it. It's so awkward. It's so like <laughs> awkwardly paced and terrible. Call a friend, dance to a jam. Yeah. You guys, it's not that bad. Coronavirus is no big deal. Just call a friend, dance to a jam. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> and I feel like MTV with their advertising generally gets it pretty right. You know, they mm-hmm. do a lot about pride and a lot about Black Lives Matter and stuff, but the coronavirus just, <laughs> they're like, I don't, uh, what, what do you do? I don't know. They're like, well, should we ask, yeah. should we ask a millennial or someone in Gen Z if this copy sounds authentic? They're like, it's fine. <laughs> They're not going to listen to They're this They're not going to anyway. do it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they might, though, Shibble. if it didn't sound like Grandma wrote it. <laughs> Take it from us. Stay at home. Call a friend. Dance to a dance jam. Dance to a jam. What else could you do? Hip, get, hip to, get hip to a scene. That's right. Play <laughs> play some uno that's what came to my mind you're not you're not very good at that uh, at all no, no i actually i am the mtv's copy copywriter mm-hmm. yeah it's clear now <laughs> get on the tiktoks disrupt <laughs> democracy gamail us gamail us send a send a gamail to your pen to your pen pal <laughs> Do people still have pen pals, too? No. no. I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Gamail pen, pals. Gamail pals. Anyway, so if you want to be our gamail pal, you can gamail us at... <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any they more were... businesses? No, I think that's it. Oh, okay. Do we have any more businesses? Mm, uh, no, just remember that half of our episodes are going to Patreon yep. July 15th Yep. Yep. So the Saturday episodes will be there. Yep, you gotta pay for, for them. You yep. gotta pay for them deep, deeply. <laughs> Three dollars a month. Three dollars a month. Woo! All the way uh, up to ten dollars if you want to get fancy. Yes. Um, so that's happening. Also, you know, you guys, I don't think you're stupid if you don't wear a mask, but I think you should start to wear a mask, right? Um, yeah. And I think we should social distance. Here's the thing. We can get through this and we can live in a new world for a while until we figure this out, but it's going to require a little bit of sacrifice on everybody's part. So just do it a little bit. No, definitely do it. Don't do it a little bit. Definitely do it. Put a mask on your face. There's no reason not to. Social distance, put a mask on your face. Yep. Do it. Don't go to, just don't go to a few places like bars. Right. Right. Restaurants, clubs, churches. Right. Stay out of groups, social distance. It's a sacrifice. I get it. 
I love a bar and I love a gay club. It's part of the reason I don't have children so I can continue to go to those places and do debaucherous things well past the age that it's appropriate. (laughs) But I'm willing to sacrifice my early 40s for us to have a society that, you know, can continue to function on some level of normalcy while we figure this shit out. So please do those things. Yes. And while you're distancing... Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at They Will Kill. Gmail us at They Will Kill Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Go to our website. I almost said Gmail g- 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 <laughs> will kill. <laughs> Maybe we should name the creep logo our logo. Maybe we should name Gmail. Gmail. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I call him the creep, which is inappropriate because I think he's actually a victim. Uh, yeah, but I, I think it's probably... He creeps me out, so I call him the creep. Yeah. Um, our creep, Gmail. Please rate, review, subscribe. And definitely subscribe, 100%. Yes. Subscribe. But and then we just also. pop up magically when you want to listen. Yeah. <laughs> And Um, thank you, AJ Bergantz, for the music. Yep. And remember, guys, call a friend, dance to a jam. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We love you so much. We love you so much. You are the best. Seriously, you're wonderful people. I know. Um, Imagine, like, life right now without this podcast and the group of people that we've met through this podcast. No, I don't want to. That sounds. Don't make me. Horrible. No, it's seriously the highlight of my days, <sighs> my weeks. We appreciate you. Yeah, and it, honestly, you guys, it's come out of some pretty gnarly stuff like postpartum depression and a pandemic. So <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a if if you don't want to call a friend and dance to a jam as your weekly advice, I would say there's a rainbow at the end of the darkness or whatever. <laughs> Ugly shit turns gorgeous later (laughs) if you wait. There you go. Ugly shit turns into... (laughs) Turns gorgeous later if you wait. (laughs) By ugly shit turning into something gorgeous, you mean like this this sweet little podcast that we love so much? Yes. Yes. You just had to wait, get through the ugly shit, and then it produced a gorgeous thing. (laughs) Lots of other things, too, like my own personal struggles with imposter syndrome, setting boundaries believing in myself etc if date high anxiety levels so there you go guys there you go. ugly shit turns gorgeous <laughs> or did i say dark shit whatever dark know. ugly <laughs> in- uncomfortable unnecessary shit turns gorgeous if you wait and yeah. by and while you're waiting you should believe in yourself and believe in that positive things you deserve positive things and then you'll probably get them yeah and if you don't Gamail me. We'll work it out. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. I love you. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.